From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in a fun and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Amanda. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Devante. We're so glad you're here. Alrighty, so we're so excited to be here today. Um, today we are going to have a couple of representatives from some of our employee resource groups. Today we have Prince Salas, who is the co-president of the African American Employee Resource Group. We are so excited to be here with you today. Prince, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, good morning guys and thanks for having me. My name is Prince Salas. I am a twin. I am a methodical thinker. I am a very creative person. I'm very introverted as well. And I like, I like community-based work. Love to volunteer. I've been volunteering since I was like 16. And I think I found a lot of um, my self-identity through volunteering and being able to work and, and network with others. So that's a little bit about myself. So super excited to be here. Super excited to be behind the scenes on you guys' podcast. All right. Well, thank you for the introduction. Prince also has the coolest glasses. Um, I know you all can't see them, but he encouraged me to step my glasses game up. So to get started, can you tell us kind of what is an employee resource group and why did you decide to get involved? Yeah. So Nick Garcia and Anna Walt from Human Resources uh, had a had an event at HQ2 a couple years back and they gave a whole PowerPoint presentation on employee resource groups. And essentially, employee resource groups is a way to connect with people who have affinities that are similar to your own, right? And it's to create a space that allows people to network and get to know each other, have fun, and also do that without the external judgment that we face in everyday life mm -hmm. or in the everyday world. And I think what drew me to this was the fact that it was undeveloped at the time. So I like to develop, I like to build things. And so when the idea came out, I was like, how are we gonna make this work? There's a lot of resources here, but we have to put it together. And so that's when I started to just connect with other people around the credit union. And I got to know Brittany Childs, I got to know Takara Napoleon, and we sat down and we were like, let's start brainstorming. And so that's kind of where it all began. Okay, cool. So with your employee resource group, um, do you have a vision or any goals that you're working on accomplishing? Yes, so when we first started off, our mission was to make sure we had a, an inclusive environment, right? That was the number one priority. Just making sure that anyone who came in the door, anyone who wanted to have a dialogue with us, they felt welcome, no matter what your background was. And it took some time in fact, it took two years for us to actually carve out our vision statement because we knew what our mission wanted to be, supporting and aligning with the credit union's values, uh, building a positive, inclusive environment. But our vision came later. And after two years, we came up with this statement. To empower black and anti-racist employees through support, tools, and resources to engage in the workplace and beyond. So that took some time to kind of sculpt and put together. 
but I think we'd been living the vision the entire time, but we just didn't have the verbiage for it. And so a lot of what we do, projects, events, uh, deep dialogues behind the scenes uh, with our coworkers, with our allies, with other resource groups really embodies this vision statement. Okay, um, so I have kind of an additional follow-up question to that. Sure. Um, so I think that at first thought, someone may think like African-American employee resource group, mm -hmm. you know, but I like that you made that distinction of it is for African-Americans as well as for anti-racists. Absolutely. You know, we are in this, uh, we live in this world together. You know, we work in the same organization. And I think one of the great things that I realize from being in this group over the past two years is like people within the African-American Employee Resource Group or people on our board, they obviously have relationships outside of that group, right? And that relationship are with people across other departments, other races, um, other identities. And that is what makes a great perspective, a new perspective. So, um, yeah, you know, we can't uh, do this alone. I'm really excited to see how all of those points of view are kind of bridged and how we can um, help support one another, no matter what background we come from. So how do you, Prince, feel that ERGs help with the need for diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace? Well, that's an excellent question. I think first and foremost, we are focusing on creating what we now term as a brave space. And that brave space is to start dialogue that either we feel is happening in the outside world that affects us here, right? And we have that dialogue knowing that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay not to be right. It's okay to be transparent and be vulnerable. And I think that's the first step to embracing inclusion. You know, that's the first step to embracing diverse perspectives. Um, in terms of equity, we're, we're still talking about that, but we're just starting. You know, what does that look like in the workplace? What does that look like for other members? Um, and how can we help with that? There is a poem that I'm gonna read for you guys since we're talking about Brave Space. And I do wanna give kudos to Takaira Napoleon because she introduced this uh, to the group. We generally, we're, we're starting every meeting off with a personal and professional best. Just a great way to have an icebreaker every meeting. And uh, we've done that for the past two years, but we're trying something new this year. And we're opening it with this poem titled Invitation to Brave Space. And it's by Mickey Scott Bay Jones. And it goes like this. Together, we will create brave space because there is no such thing as a safe space. We exist in a real world. We all carry scars and we all have cause wounds. In this space, we seek to turn down the volume of the outside world, amplify voices that fight to be heard elsewhere. We call each other to more truth and love. We have the right to start somewhere and continue to grow. We have the responsibility to examine what we think we know. We will not be perfect. This space will not be perfect. It will not always be what we wish it to be, but it will be our brave space together. 
and we will work on it side by side. Again, that's written by Mickey Scott Bay Jones. Just a beautiful poem and just a great way to open up the conversation, every meeting, every board meeting, because it really does bring down walls and it allows people to be themselves. I was really good. You know, keep my emotions together. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I th I'm thinking, um, Prince, about, you know, we have these ERGs that meet with credit union employees and then we also have this kind of separate space where we're working every single day in our different departments. Um, how do you feel being part of an ERG has helped you to feel more empowered at work and within your career as well? It takes teamwork to make the dream work, right? <laughs> and I feel like being a part of a, uh, the African American Employee Resource Group, uh, you know, something that sits in the back of my mind is just how well Takaira, Brittany and myself have worked together along with Whitney Harrell over the past two years in just executing things. And I think there's just a certain level of creativity, productivity, and enthusiasm that you can bring to a group where you don't have to worry about judgment, right? You don't have to worry if you're doing something imperfect or if you're not talking a certain way. So I think the benefit of working with these two ladies is in the back of my mind, I know that their mothers are black, right? And I think that resonates with me. It's like our mothers endured something in this country that, you know, other mothers may have not, but that unique experience brings us together mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And then at the same time, it's like, we're so different. You know, Takara's uh, a grad student from U of M, background in social justice. Uh, Brittany Childs is, applying for med school, you know, uh, very assertive, very driven lady. And then myself, I'm like an introverted person who just likes to be behind the scenes. And I think we work well together. We bring different skill sets. We bring different personalities. We bring different energy and we're doing it while black. So that that's what makes it cool. And I think that energy gets to be rolled out into the workplace and we get to share that within our primary duties and responsibilities here at the credit union. Yeah. Love that. That's great. Such an illustrative person. I feel like I can see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> so Prince, um, it sounds like the African American Employee Resource Group has been working on a lot of things to bring diversity, equity, and inclusion into the credit union. So why don't you tell us about some of the projects that you all have worked on recently or some of the things that you have planned moving forward? Thank you, Lindsay. So one of the projects that we initiated about a year and a half ago was having a butterfly garden exhibit in HQ. And the idea really came from a number of sources. So the nonprofit that does these butterfly gardens is called Age Alive. And Age Alive is based out of MSU's Department of Osteopathic Medicine. And their focus is to find different ways to enhance the life of our elder population. And one of those ways is using art as a healing mechanism. And that was creating butterflies. So this artist named Zara Resch 
creates these butterflies. She's created one at hospitals and you know there would be maybe uh, someone going through a tough time, may have cancer. They create this as a way to heal. And I love that concept. And it just so happened that I stumbled across this artist and this nonprofit at a time where the resource groups were just starting, just launching. And I thought to myself, like, how can we bridge a connection with other resource groups? At the time, there was AAERG, CU Pride, and I think CU Prime was, was trying to work its way in. And I just wanted a way to basically shake hands with other groups, still acknowledging that we'd all have you know, our own vision and our own mission, but how can we collaborate? And that's when the idea of the butterfly garden came into place and everyone loved it. And so from there, we created six different butterfly garden workshops at the credit union where employees could come down for an hour, create their butterfly and have their own personal contribution to the exhibit. And so to me, that demonstrated a number of things, beauty, unity, collaboration, and using art as a healing mechanism. And so we were getting ready to do the Butterfly Garden exhibit last year. It got postponed like a lot of different things due to the pandemic, but I'm happy to say that the project is gonna take place and it's gonna be February 25th. The exhibition will be in HQ1 lobby from February 25th through March 31st. So that's something that resource groups can look forward to and all the employees that came down to help create 900 butterflies. So wow. really looking forward to that. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. And we look forward to being able to see that come together moving forward. Awesome. Thanks for asking. So one of the things that um, the, I feel like the AAERG was also very instrumental in is the racial injustice forum that we had uh, last year. This was a credit union wide uh, forum where everybody got the opportunity to attend if they wanted to. Um, I felt like it was a space, like um, a brave space that uh, Prince kind of mentioned earlier where as a African-American, um, I got to share my experience and it felt like a time that was necessary to share some of our experiences because of what was going on in the world. You know, there yeah. felt like we were fighting two pandemics. Yeah. The um, COVID-19 as well as seemingly the exile and the this disproportionate amount of violence mm -hmm. um, against African-Americans. Mm -hmm. So um, I appreciate the credit union for, you know, standing behind that and allowing that space to happen. Um, can you speak a little more to that? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this because I think it's been close to seven or eight months since that form happened and it was so powerful, you know, for a number of reasons. First and foremost, you know, our executive team came out and they supported it. And we got to hear personal stories of how racism have impacted our executive team. Um, Whitney Harrell spoke, um, April spoke, Jeff Jackson spoke. And I think 
in that space, it was nice to listen, right? We, we came there to listen. And then I just think on the whole, the country was going through a lot. This was right after George Floyd's murder. And I think we were all taken aback. I think we were all disgusted. I think we were all hurt. And it was great thinking on behalf of Whitney Harrell to involve AAERG and the credit union as a whole uh, in having this dialogue because it allowed people to open up and express how they felt, you know, uh, at a time that was very, very crucial. Um, after following that, that form, we had so much positive feedback. I'm just, you know, thinking now, a lot of emails were sent, a lot of, you know, uh, messages in the chat room were sent just saying, thank you, right? We, we appreciate this. Um, I was inspired by this, or I felt you, right? And um, that means a lot, right? I think at the end of the day, with all that we were going through, it's like we all want it to be felt, right? How do we take this energy of being angry, uh, fearful, upset, and how do we transform that into something that can benefit us? And I feel like we took that momentum, I think as an employee resource group, and we tried to direct it towards projects and events that reflect um, what we were going through at that time. You know, it, it, in a weird way, it kind of creates, I don't want to say ambition, but it does. It makes you want to do something in the world, but you have to always ask yourself, what do I want to put out in the world? Yes, this is negative. Yes, this is, you know, this is unfair, right? Yes, this is uh, an injustice. So how do I respond to that? And I think as a resource group, we've taken that energy and we've responded in a very positive way. And I think we do that because we have the support of not just the African-Americans in the group, but also our allies and also the coworkers that we sit and eat lunch with and have these behind Absolutely. the scenes conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, that was long-winded. <laughs> I know, but that was a really powerful form. You know, I think one of the projects, Lindsay, you asked earlier, you know, what are some things we're gonna be working on? We are looking to have a follow-up on that forum you know, like a seventh or eight month follow-up because the discussion doesn't go away. No, right. Right, and what we talked about doesn't just evaporate. Mm -hmm. We have to continuously have those conversations, different perspectives, see our growth, see what's changed, see how we feel. So I'm looking for a follow-up, Devante, hold me to it. I will. All right. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, also something I want to say that was also shared within that forum is resources mm -hmm. where individuals could have the opportunity to educate themselves because I think that a part of this conversation of moving that needle um, is education. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't know, sometimes you don't know what you don't know and sometimes it's willful and not knowing, but mm -hmm. if you have those resources presented in front of you, then you have the opportunity to learn. So I like that that was a part of it as well. Yeah, a little plug here. Um, those resources that you're talking about, Devante, can be found on the AAERG SharePoint page. So there's resources there about race dialogue. There's resources there about um, different black businesses that are in the community. There's so much there. Uh, visit the SharePoint page when you have time and see what's available.
Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, thank you so much, Prince, for joining us today. And thank you for all of the really amazing work that you are doing and the services that you're giving to the credit union, um, not only in your AAERG group, but also to all the employees of the credit union that are learning along with you. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share about the ERG? Um, any last final thoughts that you have for us? So we have, a, um, we have a new board this year, which we're super excited about. So we have Whitney Harrell, who has been and continues to be our executive champion. We also have uh, myself, uh, which I'm co-president with Brittany Childs. Um, last year, she was our treasurer. So she stepped up her game and she's co-president with me. And then we also have new to the board, Jennifer Norgby, who is now our acting treasurer, and Jawan Howard, who is our new communications lead. Uh, so we're super excited about getting to know them, seeing what skill sets that they bring to the table, and um, listening to their ideas, and hopefully, you know, implementing them. Uh, we know that everyone brings something to the table. You know, I think one of the things we often forget about, let me rephrase that. One of the things that I am honing in on as a black person is that there is so much diverse diversity within black people that can be explored. And that just kind of ties back into what I was saying earlier, how, you know, working with Takira and Brittany, yes, we're black. And at the same time, we are bringing so much experience and skill sets from our personal lives. And so I'm looking forward to seeing that from Juwan. I'm looking forward to seeing that from Jennifer and um, seeing what becomes of that. And looking to collaborate with other ERGs, hopefully collaborating with LAAERG and hopefully some more collaborations with CU Pride and CU Parent Support and CU Prime because they are up and running now too. So we love ideas. Thanks for having me guys. Really appreciate being here. No problem. Thank you for being here. We are so excited to continue with our employee resource group highlight with an amazing conversation with Taylor of CU Pride. Hey, Taylor. Hi, Devante. All right. So can you tell our listeners about yourself? Of course, I'm happy to. So hello, everyone out there. Um, my name is Taylor, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm 28 years old. I just celebrated third anniversary with the credit union in January, and I've been in community development going on two years in April, which is crazy. Time flew by real quickly. Um, and a couple of like, hobbies of mine. So I am. I have two cats, and I'm definitely a crazy cat lady. The only thing keeping me from getting another one is the square footage in my apartment. Also love knitting, miniatures, and uh, plants. So a lot of older hobbies. Yes, <laughs> exciting person. I love to hear it. Well, we're so excited to get to know you, Taylor. So um, we wanted to ask you, what is an ERG and why did you decide to get involved? Okay, so um, an ERG is an employee resource group, and its goal is to provide support to employees who belong to marginalized 
uh, communities and also allies that want to support them. ERGs also seek to celebrate differences and improve the employee and the credit union's member experience. So obviously that can look different at different companies, but for here we do it for employees and members um, because we're also members. So I specifically am involved with two different ERGs, but mostly the CU Pride. I have a leadership role um, and I'm the communications lead. So I basically just get all the information out there to get people to come and join us um, and encourage people to talk in our WebEx chat um, that we have internally at the credit union. And I specifically chose to get involved in CU Pride because I'm actually a part of the community. And after college, I really didn't have that experience of that queer community and I just the credit union has been so amazing and seeing how far we've come since the ERG first formed, I just wanted to give back more. So when the opportunity kind of presented itself to be in the leadership role, I just took up the chance because I, I just love it and I want to give back. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. So for the CU Pride Employee Resource Group, do you have a vision or goals in the organization? Yeah, definitely. So I can kind of speak to like our vision and what like the... I guess the ERG kind of fosters, is that a, <laughs> I can speak to um, our vision. So in terms of just like what we want to do for um, our employees in the group is to create like a safe space where people can actually be their full authentic selves and um, also a place to ask really vulnerable questions. So we have a lot um, in particularly allies that come and ask questions and then we can kind of unpack it with them. And it's really been amazing to see how those conversations unfold and how on um, they're just so important to have difficult conversations in a space where you don't think people are going to judge you and that it's just sincerely just trying to understand more. And I think that's just something that CU Pride has done amazing on. And then also being like a support system where you can celebrate weddings and babies and like fur babies, you know what I mean? Like those really personal parts of your life too. And we also basically create a space where we can celebrate queerness. So like policy changes and like just sharing even like pride flags or like, I don't know, like sweatshirts with the colors on it. And like, it's just a really cool, safe space to just celebrate yourself and express yourself. And then I would say for, in terms of credit union wide, we're also trying to implement in uh, using pronouns and like our email signature, which you've seen, also including using they opposed to he or she in all of our materials across the credit union. We also are hoping to do a preferred name on the debit card so people can have their actual name um, opposed to their legal one. And there's many more. We're also trying to move away from the employee uh, logo wear from being male and female to being more of a slim fit or straight fit just to, so we're not like reinforcing that binary and honoring everyone's different bodies. So yeah. Those are just some of the things on the table. A lot going on behind the scenes. <laughs> well, that's good, because I like my clothes a little tight sometimes. Yeah, right? <laughs> I like mine baggy, personally. Not just because of quarantine, let's be real. <laughs> quarantine 15 happened twice to me. <laughs> okay, so in what we've been talking about thus far, I've really heard your passion for, you know, what CU Pride has brought to the table and how you've been able to kind of mesh into it and everything. So as far as ERGs go, how do you think they help with the mission of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace? So obviously it, it serves a number of purposes, but I, I think the thing that I think about the most is imagine being a person that isn't cisgender and didn't, and their gender like expression didn't quite match their pronouns 
I just couldn't imagine going to work every day and having someone misgender you. And I'm very fortunate because I, um, I'm cisgender. I also am dating a man, so I pass pretty easily. So like, I don't really feel the need to like hide myself too much. Like it's just continuous uh, trauma, honestly. So I think that is something that the ERGs help with diversity, equity, inclusion, because it gives employees a space to address issues that they might have. It also allows them to really express themselves, also share who their like family is. I mean, could you imagine dating someone and you're know, not feeling comfortable sharing your partner's pronouns? The more that we try and hide who we are, the more damaging it is to our mental health. And if we can't show up and be ourselves at work, it really affects our work ethic too. And then from that, it could affect employment. So I think that diversity, equity, inclusion just is vital so everyone can show up to work 40 hours a week and enjoy who they are um, and their job. So, yeah. Wow, I love how you kind of like connected all of the things. You know, we get the opportunity to really understand that how important your workplace is to you, you know, when it's a place that you come to that 40 hours or even more, mm -hmm. you know, every week. Um, and I can say that as someone that belongs to, you know, both of the communities of the um, employee resource groups that we've interviewed today that, you know, coming to work and feeling comfortable in who you are is absolutely important and it encourages you to work harder as a person and, you know, to see an organization to support the, uh, these initiatives and things like that um, when it's not just encouraging their bottom line but really just encouraging their employees to be themselves and be comfortable in that. So um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it also helps employees have a point of access to, you know what I mean, somewhere they can start at if they have problems surrounding diversity, equity, inclusion too. So I think that's also just really beneficial. And also it's validating to have other people to talk to that can share your experience and um, confirm how you're feeling. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, thanks Taylor for sharing that with us. Um, so one of the goals of our podcast is to be able to educate our listeners on things that they might not have experienced before. And when you were talking about um, why it's important for that di diversity, equity, inclusion, you mentioned this word cisgender. Would you mind defining that for our listeners? Yeah, definitely. Cisgender is when you identify with the gender you were assigned with at birth. So for example, on my birth certificate, they assigned me female and I still go by a female. And so I use she, her pronouns, so yeah. And then transgender would be like the opposite where you don't align with what you were assigned at birth. Um, and there's also non-binary, which means you're kind of like fluid or don't really connect to either gender or you kind of fluctuate between both, which I think is just, yeah, all, all of it's beautiful and so interesting and just shows that the human experience is so, it lies on a spectrum. There's so many, so many different identities out there that just need to be celebrated. So yeah, thank you for that question. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for helping us get an answer for that. Yeah. And I really love that Sioux Pride creates that space for people to be seen and heard and creates that safe place for people to have those conversations. So it sounds like it's been uh, a really great place for um, those conversations to happen. So that being said, how has being a part of Sioux Pride um, impacted you and allowed you to perhaps feel more empowered at work? Yeah. Uh, so um, actually this one moment happened more so recently that I really wanted to share because it really just reflected how, I don't know how natural it is to be brave in that space. So for example, someone in, this, uh, in the group was sharing in the WebEx chat that we have uh, different like pride 
themed like sweatshirts and stuff on super cool and they're super cute and I saw one for bisexual and I immediately shared it to the group and I realized I'd never come out to anyone there you know what I mean and I didn't even think about it and people celebrated like oh my god because it was like a pantone which is also design and I'm a designer so it was like really just resonated with me and I just I didn't even think twice about coming out to 50 people that I might not have even met but it was celebrated and that questioned and I just think that's it's so hard to find that in a workspace because people, they, have, they think that you have to keep your professional life and personal life separate. And I don't think that's necessarily true all the time. So I don't know. It's just, I feel empowered to be who I am, especially in my identity, because um, my identity can be not taken seriously by the gay community sometimes too, by erasure is a real thing. So I don't know, having that space that uh, and that allyship is just so amazing. So, yeah. So. I like how, you know, you talked about like the personal and the professional life and I think that that speaks to, you know, how comfortable you can be at work when your professional life and your personal life can, you know, kind of start to co-mingle and, you know, positively cohabitate with one another. Thank you for that. So Taylor, for someone who has never attended a CU Pride meeting, can you tell me a little bit more about what they're like? Are they always the same? What kind of things do you do at your meetings? Yeah, definitely. So they tend to have like the similar structure just because we like to touch on where we're at with different like accomplishments, providing updates, um, as well as we do focus on the icebreaker a lot, which is actually kind of fun because normally those are like awkward, right? No one really likes icebreakers, but we have a lot of fun. The one we most recently did was a show and tell and you could just pick anything. I think we did it actually in our department meeting one time, but we did a show and tell and that was really fun to see what people like brought on. And then, like I said, we go through our accomplishments, any updates that we might have. And then we also just talk about what we wanna be for the year, if we have any celebrations too. And then each, so this was started last year. Um, last year, last fall, we did a special meeting and we called it Uncovering Identities. And you could either sign up to speak during the meeting beforehand and like prepare like a presentation if you wanted to. And it could be about anything. It could be about gay icons that have like inspired you. Um, it could be even a personal story. Uh, we had a lot of people also share why they're allies. And I thought that was super powerful. And so we're gonna try and do that again this year, later in the fall, once people that are newer kind of get more accustomed to the group. But yeah, that, that meeting we all really liked just because we got to know each other on a personal level. Um, and there was a lot of like, just like I said, validation, like acceptance and just like, I hear you, I see you and I feel the same way too. And that's just always reassuring to know you're not alone, you know? I love it. They sound like they're so much fun. I'm going to have to join. Please do. Yeah, <laughs> they're really fun. Yes. Awesome. So outside of your meetings, what initiatives and things like that is CU Pride working toward for this year? Yeah, definitely. So I know, so in terms of fun activities, we've done tie-dyeing on the lawn out in front of our um, headquarters building. We've also, I know they've done salt yoga too together. Um, and then we, last year, right before the uh, pandemic hit, we did, uh, it's at Art Unlimited, but we did like basically painting clay, like, you know, and I made a little ice cream thing. It was super cute, really fun. One of my favorite things I have now. Um, and then right now, and those are all the fun activities. We're also planning a couple events for uh, June, cause that's Pride Month. We just got a logo for our ERGs, which is super exciting. That's super cute. So we're trying to find a couple of trinkets to put that all over. Um, and yeah, so those are like the fun stuff we do. Um, obviously it's kind of changed since quarantine, but we still keep in touch through WebEx a lot. Um, and then in terms of initiatives or 
I guess goals. Um, it, we've, like I mentioned before, we um, have already succeeded in changing uh, the credit union's material to be they versus he, she. That's officially done, um, as well as adding pronouns to our internal website, the loop, uh, into our signatures. And then one of the larger projects, like I mentioned, was that preferred name on debit cards, which people, um, it's a big one, so like a big project, so that's kind of gonna take a longer time, but that should be happening in the near future. We're also trying to add um, pronouns to name tags too, which would be really cool. Um, but we want to make sure that before doing that, we also educate the employees, um, just because I, I would, it would be assumed that someone might ask questions about that, you know, especially uh, for frontline members too, like in branches. Um, so we want to make sure that our employees have like the knowledge and the ability to have those conversations before doing that. So I imagine that our training, LTD or learning and talent development will probably design something like that and um, probably the next year. So we'll see though. <laughs> Awesome. I think that'll all be really great to help to continue to empower and encourage all of our credit union employees to have that safe space and be able to be themselves, but also to help empower our members too, that they don't feel like they're being not included in some of those materials that we're turning out as well. So that is awesome. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I just know that I don't, it just it's so beneficial I mean it, not only to have like work at a place that cares about you but to also belong to a financial institution that cares about you um, I think it's huge because a lot of people assume that financial institutions are after your money and we're not we're here to help um, and validate your experience so I think that's super neat thank you Lindsay yeah. Taylor thank you so much for this conversation we so appreciate you um, I feel like I've learned a lot um, and I'm excited to come to the next Pride meeting, see you Pride meeting, so. Please do. Yes. We'd love to have you, all of you. <laughs> Trying to get my sister to join, so if she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and thank you all so much for having me. I really appreciated this conversation. I am super looking forward to um, this season and with your focus on DEI. To read more about MSUFCU's commitments to creating more diverse, equitable, and inclusive work environments, please visit msufcu.org forward slash DEI. Now it's time for the CU Spotlight. We thank you for being a loyal listener of Wallet Watch. Speaking of loyalty, we have an awesome program that we are confident our listeners will love. Local loyalty is all about benefiting our members while supporting local businesses. The program allows our members to take advantage of discounts simply by using their credit union debit or credit card at participating businesses. Discounts include BOGOs and percentages off certain products and services. To see all of the savings you could take advantage of, visit msufcu.org backslash special offers. If you are a business and would like to learn more about local loyalty and how you can take advantage of free advertising or simply would like to obtain additional information, please email localloyalty at msufcu.org. Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Kahn, Devante Montgomery, and me, Lindsay Morgan. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson-Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik.
Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial48.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.